0: Thank you. Hilda, obviously it's lovely to have you um, on the podcast. Um, excited. We've been wanting to talk to you for a while, actually. This is really um, great. I thought we could maybe start off uh, with a fun one, um, because recently we've noticed some of the bigger managers and some of the bigger financial services firms starting to play around with TikTok. I think BlackRock's been experimenting, BNY Mellon. Is this... Is this a channel that you've been considering? And if so, how would it fit into your overall uh, strategy?
1: Um, indeed, it's it's very interesting, um, Josh, and I applaud them, uh, BNY Mellon and BlackRock, uh, for using it. You know, whether they're on a test and learn journey or they're targeting a new audience. I'd say that asset managers and firms in other sectors, we should always evaluate new channels uh, and we should consider these channels if they fit into you know, their overall strategy. And this includes their brand strategy, um, communication strategy, um, the audience targeting, their marketing campaigns, and all of those things. I, I'd say that is something that we're looking at and we need to do the research on it. We need to put our time into thinking it through. Um, and of course, the challenge with any organization is, um, you know, we're time constrained. Um, and you know, I don't think any firm is going to jump straight into a new channel without the due diligence. And so this is uh, really a matter of prioritization or resources, and somebody needs to do the thinking and the planning. Um, I don't want to stray off the topic of TikTok. You know, as you know, everyone's now asking about the Metaverse, right? Should we be yeah. in it? Should we have a recommendation around it? And I think absolutely, even if the recommendation is no, we need to have a position around how we use or don't use the channel. So coming back to TikTok, I think there is a clear uh, market for short form video and particularly if you're trying to reach Zoomers um, and and these are the people who prefer, you know, short form videos, but also to the watchers, right? So we have to think about the behavioral um, aspects of your audience. Are you a watcher? Are you a video person? Are you a reader or a listener? So it's it's like being asked, um, are you a handbag person or a shoe person kind of thing? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I'm both as well. Uh, but I do like the handbag uh, handbags better. Anyway, I was saying in our household, um, I'm more of a listener. Uh, but the rest of our household, they're more watchers and they love YouTube. Um, but, you know, I'm the, gu- I'm the person who listens uh, to the radio. Uh, You know, we've got five smart speakers at home because I like listening. But back to TikTok, yes, we do need to spend the time to figure out what we want to do with the channel and who are we reaching. And I've I've noticed that BlackRock use it to educate people and investing. Um, And I think that yeah, for us, we need to take the time out to think through TikTok.
0: I think it's I think it's a really interesting thing because when you start thinking about different channels and what you're gonna be trying to achieve there, and you've just mentioned education being part of that, I think something that seems to come up more and more when people are thinking about social channels is, is how to communicate a, a corporate culture across across mm-hmm. social channels. Mm-hmm. For, for, for you guys at BNP Paribas Asset Management, how do you think about using um, Social channels to sort of convey BMP Paribas culture? And is it, and is this, you know, would it be fair to say that's an important priority for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Social media is our key activation channel, both organically and uh, uh, as, you know, in paid media as well. So we prioritize LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, you know, we're now doing Facebook and YouTube, and we're looking at Instagram and the TikToks, you know, at some point. And um, our culture really is based around the sustainable investor for a changing world. So we live and breathe sustainability, responsible investing, ESG. It's all in our DNA. So it's in our campaign messaging. We put our clients at the heart of everything that we do. And so we know from uh, market and consumer research, ESG themes are very important to our clients and it resonates emotionally with our end investors. So therefore, our messaging. Uh, on social channel is very much kind of centered around uh, sustainability. We work very closely with our brand and comms team to put structure and governance um, around you know, activating on social media channels. So to answer your question around using social channels to convey our culture, uh, we try to have the right balance of what we push um, to social media channels. So broadly, Um, there are sort of kind of four pillars or categories, right? So a big part of it, which I've just um, talked about is around sustainability. So our thought leadership, our brand's point of view, our active approach uh, and commitment to ESG. That's a big part of uh, the content that we push through to social um, channels. The second area is around kind of thematic investing. So this is much more solution driven, right? So how our solutions answer a particular problem, Um, that are on the minds of our investors, whether it's about biodiversity, healthcare or energy transition. Then we have sort of content uh, that reflects uh, our understanding of the markets, you know, macro topics. Uh, So these are things like inflation, recession, um, asset allocation. And then of course, lastly, broadly as well, corporate sort of content, right? Which signals really a clear purpose of where we are in the marketplace, in terms of uh, ESG, you know, it's a place where investment talent can grow, contributes to our leadership. So this very much focuses on awards, um, people diversity, you know, regulations such as SFDR. So we do need to think about all of these different, um, different sort of uh, components or pillars of content that really kind of really reflect our culture um, our positioning of being the sustainable investor for a changing world.
0: I think that's I think that's definitely something that's come across, not just across your social channels, but also across, um, you know. And you talk about um, dovetailing this with the, the comms and the brand teams at, at PNP Paribas. I we've definitely noticed this, and I think that's a, a large part of the reason why you guys came top of our ESG study in. Uh, Earlier, in the year, for, for for your overall communications around PSG. so it's it's nice to know that that really is a a core pillar of your of your of your culture. Um. Now, at the beginning, there when you were sort of talking about your your approach to 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 thinking about the channels where you might be able to get BNP uh, Paribas culture out there, you mentioned a lot of different channels. How would you say your strategy differed from channel to channel? I mean, LinkedIn versus YouTube, for example.
1: Yeah, they do differ. Um, LinkedIn is pretty much our go-to channel, not just for us, but pretty much every other B2B brand, and and now retail brands as well. So even we've got very small budgets or budget savings we've got to make, we we will still do LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is pretty good. Uh, in terms of, um, it's, it's a pretty good all-round channel in terms of our awareness and engagement. It, it drives traffic really well. And we've been pretty successful for lead generation campaigns uh, to reach our audience. It's great for building the brand um, and getting our investors to feel connected to us. It's great for engagement. You can run polls on it and we always get you know, very good participation. We do a lot of A-B testing on LinkedIn as well. So we always try to push uh, the creative that's done very well. And we've also tried different formats like carousels and videos, and some have been very successful and some not that great. We've also recently started using YouTube and Facebook a great deal more. Uh, Facebook is excellent for awareness. Uh, So, our thought leadership is really for everyone, not just for professional investors. So, that's because there's nothing technical about them. So, we push um, awareness campaigns on Facebook, uh, and we've been quite successful. Uh, with that, we've dabbled in lead generation on Facebook as well. We've got some, you know, solid results uh, around that. With YouTube, you know, lazily in the last um, several years, we've been using YouTube as a library of video assets. But in the last 12 months, we've really transformed how we've used that channel to reach our audience. Um, we've got our own flagship uh, podcast called Talking Heads, and we've started to put that on YouTube as a video podcast. You know, earlier we talked about, um, you know, are you a watcher or a listener, right? So on YouTube, we've got both. We've got the podcast watchers. So YouTube um, has really kind of transformed podcasting. And you probably know about this. And if you read all the surveys across all the different podcast platforms, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, now YouTube tops um, the podcast platform um, with more than a quarter of, you know, listeners actually going to gravitating to YouTube as their preferred platform. And so that's what we've been doing. Uh, we've been looking at YouTube, how to reach uh, a new audience. Uh, so that when you think about it, there's you know, 2.6 billion people um, using YouTube actively um, on a daily basis. So it's a big channel for us. And we've only just scratched the surface of it. So we've been using YouTube for um, advertising, you know, for promoting our podcast, our thought leadership. And we've seen very good um, promising results, a real good uplift on our numbers. And so we're going to continue to experiment uh, in this area.
0: I think it's I think it's 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 a really interesting interesting thing that you say about how for podcasts in particular it's amazing how many people actually want to watch them as well as listen to them. I think you know that, that was seen a lot with the Joe Rogan podcast when they were on uh, YouTube before uh, Spotify stole it. Uh, but even now, I believe that they they Spotify still has the video versions of the podcast that you can watch through Spotify um, for, for for that. Yes. that that content which is really interesting i think because i think podcasts in particular over time it's a lot about the sort of almost human connection you have with that host or those those group of uh uh conversationalists i think that's i think that's that's quite a quite fun thing um something else i wanted to to get onto was the way that you might use mission, vision, and values to to inform your content strategy? You've spoken a bit about culture already, but it'd be nice to just unpack that a bit.
1: Yeah, it's in uh, absolutely everything um, of our content strategy. And so I've touched on um, earlier that we live and breathe um, sustainability and everything that we do in terms of uh, our content strategy really is a top-down approach, more of a cascading approach in our marketing and communications. So as you know, and I've uh, already alluded to you know, our corporate you know, positioning is about being a sustainable investor for a changing world, right, so that cascades down to our macro themes, which are our thought leadership, and then it comes down another level um, to our product strategy and then to our marketing strategy uh, and our activation and our campaigns. So when you think about this, at you know all these different levels and how they sort of link up. Um, so at the top, we have uh, brand campaigns, um, that are really kind of focused about um, being a sustainable investor and how it benefits our consumers, investors, and our clients. And then our investment insights form the backbone of our uh, macro and investment themes, right? So we, uh, we then deliver that into a range of different formats in our marketing content strategy. So we have white papers, um, videos, podcasts you know, training and articles uh, and all of that that sort of um, explains that then the next level down is we have packaging for our salespeople, right so that comes in the form of presentations pitch books uh, brochures you know, flyers then lastly we have the distribution of our content so it this comes through uh, in our campaigns events activation programs that we run um, across uh, multi-channels Um, so we want to be digitally sustainable as well in our execution process so we spend um, our budget more around uh, digital channels Um, and we try and do that sustainably not not through digital channels alone but in how we execute uh, our campaigns to reduce our carbon footprint so all of that is important so i've alluded to that we live and breathe um, ESG and sustainability and DNA, and that comes through um, not just in terms of the content and thought leadership, but in the way that we do things as well.
0: The, the medium being the message, uh, in the old cliche. Um, I wanted to get on to, as a, almost an aside, those firms that inspire you. Like if you're thinking about maybe the branding of design or the way that they communicate, are there any other firms out there that you? Regularly look to you for for inspiration.
1: Well, <laughs> this is a uh, this is a uh, tricky.
0: Doesn't have to be um, a close competitor.
1: So we're quietly jealous, if I can say, envious of many brands. Right, we're forever researching across our competitors. We pop into their website. You know, we look at you know how things are being done, what they've written, what their photos look like, what material they produce, what their ads look like. Um, so all our peers. Uh, website we we look you know at what they do we also look at many brands right outside uh, of investment management so when we look at the apples uh the monzos the revolutes uh, we even look at shopping sites to see how things are done like searches and filters um number of times i've been to marks and spencer or john lewis site just to see how they've done their banners on their home page but don't tell anyone about this uh, but that's what we do we do a range of um uh, analysis across our competitors, um, but also at other sectors as well. Uh, we also work with our agencies uh, quite a bit who have um, obviously e- expertise. Um, they're much more up to date in terms of trends, best practices. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have the partners that we work with and, you know, challenges on our thinking uh, to help us with our messaging. And they also provide the bandwidth you know, when we don't have um, whether it's the skill set or the resources are internally to, to help us with the production of content in that
0: Yeah, I think those those the having the right agency partnerships can be an incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful thing. But obviously I would say that. Um, I think I had really just one more question I wanted to get to uh, before I let you go and get on with the rest of your Friday. But I think something that's been a big focus for us over the last few years really has been trying to try to look at the best practice around CEO and, and leadership communications. And obviously a huge aspect of that is digital presence, social presence. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to get your view on maybe the way that you would think about communicating around you know, CEO or leadership issues across social channels.
1: Yeah, we do do that. Um, it's one of the four broad categories or pillars I mentioned earlier, which is really the corporate pillar. So we have an ambassador program where our, our comms team uh, manage that and they ensure there are senior executives and spokespeople are featured on LinkedIn, you know, at a frequency that has been sort of being predefined. So this could be uh, about participation in events, conferences, promoting a corporate message, could be about awards, or it could be within their own specialized area for these um, spokespeople. So if it's an investment professional, uh, then the communications would be geared towards that. If it's about product strategy, you know, an executive, uh, would talk about, you know, regulatory, perhaps or ESG integration uh, as an example. So we do have um, a program uh, with, uh, you know, a list of spokespeople and senior executives that we create the content for, our comms team create the content for, and we push that through social media channels.
0: That sounds that sounds very cohesive. It's all part of a bigger master plan.
1: Well, we're trying to be. To <laughs> I mean,
0: we, we love to, we love to see it um Hilda that's about all the time that we've that we've got it has been absolutely wonderful to be able to talk to you today um I think you've been very generous not only with your time but also the amount of uh sort of information and 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 your thinking really that you've been happy to share as well so that's been hugely appreciated I'm sure everyone listening or possibly watching will be enjoying that as well
1: well thank you so much Josh for having me on the other show I've had a great time thank you.
0: Thanks good. good.